Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for. The opinions expressed on this webmasterradio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of webmasterradio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of webmasterradio.fm is prohibited. Would you build a house without a foundation? Would you have a child and not name it? Would you let a stranger squat on your property? No, of course not. So why should the Internet be any different? Every week, speak with top domain experts. Learn how to make money with domains. Know your legal rights. Each week, join our expert host to be master of your domain. Right here on Domain Masters. Welcome to Domain Masters. This is the show where you can learn to be the master of your domain. My name is Andrew Alleman, and I will be your host tonight. I'm filling in for Chef Patrick and Morgan Linton, who couldn't be here this week. I appreciate them giving me the opportunity to host this show. For those of you that don't know me, I write Domain Name Wire, which is a blog covering the business of domain names, everything from buying and selling to uh, legal aspects and policy. And the blog has been around since 2005. You can find the blog online at DomainNameWire.com. Now, I'm very excited uh, today to introduce our guest. Let me give you a little bit of background on him first. Uh, Kira McCarthy has a long background in the domain name industry, but it's very different from a uh, typical domainer or domain investor. His background is kind of coming from the journalism angle. He became interested in the industry a while back. Then he ended up writing a book about uh, the sex.com theft saga before joining ICANN. Uh, and then after ICANN, he's, uh, he is working now, in, in addition to being a journalist, on a conference called .next, which is covering the new top-level domains and the business opportunities and policy issues around that. Kieran, welcome to the show. Hi, Andrew. How are you? I'm doing great. Great. Thanks for joining us. So I hope I gave good justice on your background in the industry, but tell us a little bit about how you got started and your interest in domain names. Well, oh, the interest in domain names, blimey. I don't know. I mean, it was a very, very long time ago. Uh, I'm trying to remember the first domain name I bought. It was probably uh, was probably Kieran McCarthy, kieranmccarthy.co.uk, because I come from the UK. I do remember I got interested in, really interested in the, in the mechanics of it when I tried to get hold of kieranmccarthy.com, and uh, someone else had it. <clears throat> and um, I had no idea who this person was, so I looked them up on the Whois and sent them an email saying, uh, would you mind if I had com? And they said, no, uh, I read one of your articles about a year ago, and uh, it really annoyed me, so you can't have it. <laughs> so <laughs> that's when I thought, oh. So then I started looking at the various options and, and how this domain name, the back end of the domain names really worked. Anyway, I eventually got it off him because he didn't bother to renew it, and I got it through a, uh, I can't remember which service I used, but I picked it up. So there was, I mean, there was that, and I was, uh, I started writing articles about sex.com, you know, because it was a great story, and about the internet in general. And the, the whole sex.com issue really dug into 
what was going on with domains and what the new rules were. And at the same time, I was also covering a little bit, you know, sort of the internet companies, and I ended up following uh, following ICANN and being quite critical of ICANN. So it sort of I ended up somehow down this path of of knowing a lot about domain names. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's some, sometimes that's how it works. I'm sure I could have gone down a different route and learned a lot about something else. Sure, great. Yeah, you know, and, and we'll talk about, I do want to talk a little bit about your book on sex.com as well as ICANN. But before we get into that, let's let's kind of come to the present here. So you left ICANN recently, and uh, now you're promoting a new conference called .next. Yeah, so .next is it's in February in San Francisco, and uh, it's very, very simple uh, idea. I don't know why someone hasn't beaten me to it, to be honest. It was basically to have a conference about new GTLDs. I mean, they're coming. It's been delayed. It's been delayed for years. But they're definitely coming, and they're definitely going to have a huge impact on the Internet. So uh, I've been, uh, I don't know how many conferences, and the discussion around it has always been not particularly good. I mean, a lot of it for years has been about the policy. A lot of it has been fear. A lot of it has been concern. And, uh, you know, as these things were worked through, and I was in ICANN where, where a big chunk of them were worked through, I started thinking, why on earth don't we have more meetings where people get together that are going to apply and start saying, well, this is what I'm planning to do. This is a good idea. Here's how the Internet is changing. I just didn't see any of those conversations happening at all. So I thought as soon as we get to a point where we're getting close to these rules being finalized, I'm going to, I'm going to you know, go to a conference that is positive and interesting about these. And if no one does it, I'll do it myself. So, um, so I've, I've uh, teamed up with the the San Francisco Bay chapter of ISOC, and we're running it uh, at the Hyatt, 9th and 10th of February. Uh, I, you know, everyone should come. It's going to be very interesting. Um, but I think it's, it, will, it amazes me that people haven't had more of these conversations. And, um, and, uh, and uh, I think generally there's a level of excitement building now that it's nearly done, and I hope to sort of tap into that and have a really fun, interesting conference. Sure. And so uh, where can people find more information uh, about it online? Uh, so I've set up a website, um, .dot-next-nxt.com. But also, I've also grabbed you know, .org, .info, .net, etc., etc. That was my, my personal joke to myself. So it's .nxt. pretty much all of the, the GTLDs that you'll know. Um, <laughs> so and everything that you need is there, you know. Okay. And that's February 9th and 10th at the Hyatt Regency in San Francisco. And you have early bird pricing of $395 that ends uh, December 9th, I believe, correct? Yeah, and it's actually worked out I, uh, It worked out rather interesting that December 9th turns out to be the day of or the day before the, the ICANN board decision when they will probably finalize the uh, applicant guidebook in Cartagena. So uh, anyway, so it's early bird pricing ends literally just before they make their decision. Uh, okay. So if you want to, if you, I would advise people to get, get in now. It goes up $100 straight after. So if you're, if you're thinking of coming, jump in now. So, you know, that, that brings up an interesting question with the uh, board voting the, uh, the day after that, which is this, the entire, you know, we, we now have a proposed final uh, applicant guidebook, which obviously there's new stuff in there, so it's not the actual final. But I bet that makes it pretty challenging to, uh, manage an agenda for a conference when the situation is so fluid. Well, uh, yes and no. I mean, the the most of the applicant guidebook, you know, these rules about ninety percent of it has been set for quite a long while now. 
It's um, there's a lot of noise around very small number of clauses, albeit very important clauses. But um, most of it's been settled. So uh, I basically split the conference up. to The idea is to cover every aspect of it. So the idea would be in the broadest sense. If you're thinking, if you hear like, hang on, we can have a new internet extension, we can have a new .com, let's find out about this. Uh, the idea would be over two days you can basically turn up and hear every angle of it and meet all the people that can make it possible. So we've got uh, sort of four main groups of things. One is the the policy, which will be the rules, you know, running through the rules quickly, and the process, because there's a whole application process that people need to understand. Uh, and then there's the implementation side of it, which is, you know, how do you run a registry? It is it is not simple. It's much harder than than a lot of people seem to think. It's it's not the easiest thing. So that we've got a whole bunch of registries coming. They see a big market opportunity there frankly, because they've got years and years of experience. So there's the, you know, how do you run a registry? Do you uh, do you buy a service of an already existing registry or do you set up your own one? And then there's working with registrars. Obviously, if you want to have a commercial uh, top-level domain, you need to put through registrars. They're the, they're the route to market. And on the other side, which I think will probably be more interesting, I've got models. So uh, there'll be lots of different business models. I think we're finally, after a long time, stepping away from this dot-com model, which was, you know, you buy, well, you, you don't buy, you register your domain and you renew it every X number of years, uh, and it doesn't really belong to you, although a couple of court cases have said that it does, and you can let it lapse if you, you know, if your email, you know, if you forget to renew your email. That, so that whole dot-com model that we've got very, very used to, there is no reason in the world why that needs to be the way in which we have domain names on the internet. So <clears throat> I think there'll be a lot of new interesting models coming out. And then the last part is marketing, which is one thing that a lot of people that are that are said that there's no point in having new extensions have pointed to the the new ones like dot info and dot name and all of them. And said, well they've not been a very great success. Um I suppose it depends how you measure success. But I think that um if you're going to go get a new top-level domain, you really, really have to think about how you're going to market it. You have to think about what is going to differentiate it from the other new top levels. What is it that you're giving people? So I've got a whole bunch of marketing people um, who are quite excited about this whole new world um, to give their insights into how you market it. So that's the idea. That's the broad plan. So in terms of even if the board doesn't uh, finalize the applicant guideback, which I think it will, uh, pretty sure it will, having looked at what they've done recently. Um, then all of that still holds up. It will just be, there'll be slightly less excitement because it won't be done and people won't be applying two months after the conference. They'll be applying, you know, four months after the conference or six months after the conference. So I um, I think it'll hold. I think it'll be, I hope that they, the board approves it in Cartagena. It will make for a more exciting conference. Um, and so it seems like, you know, my, my take is I keep bringing stuff from uh, .xx and, and that sort of stuff. And uh, they talk about lawsuits and such. And, and it seems like that might be what derails it. But before we before we talk about that, um, let's take a quick commercial break. And then we will uh, return to discuss more about the conference as well as the sex.com book and his time at ICANN. This is uh, Kieran McCarthy is our guest today. Again, my name is Andrew Allman, and you're listening to Domain Masters on webmasterradio.fm. You're just minutes away from more Domain Masters. The question is, are you still master of your domain? Stay tuned. 
Our clients have earned over $1 billion. Now it's your turn. With over 20,000 products to promote across a huge variety of niches, ClickBank provides countless ways for any affiliate to make money. You can promote any product immediately. No contracts required. Looking for recurring commissions? Upsell products? ClickBank's got them. And best of all, you can make up to 75% commissions. Ready to become the next ClickBank success story? Sign up now for free at ClickBank.com. Oh yeah, my day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. CEO Coach, Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Culture and Business Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Now, back to Domain Masters. You're still master of your domain. Yes. (laughs) Master of my domain. Here's your host. Okay, welcome back to Domain Masters on webmasterradio.fm. Domain Masters, where you can learn to be the master of your domain. I'm your host today, Andrew Alleman. And we're here with uh, Kieran McCarthy. And uh, Kieran is running the .next conference in February, all about new top-level domain names. And, Kieran, uh, before we broke, I, I was bringing up a couple of kind of threats about lawsuits and that sort of thing around new top-level domain names. So you have uh, some groups opposed to .xxx, which isn't actually a new top-level domain name, but threatening to, to get involved. Um, you have the Olympic Committee threatening to sue if their marks aren't protected, that sort of thing. Do you think this could potentially delay the application period for new top-level domains? Uh, this time, no, I don't think so. Um, there's people have been threatening to sue. I mean, it's it, you know this is this is U.S. culture. Um, the people use suing as a, as a as a method of of pressuring people, and I think that's pretty much the case here. The process has been through so much review and so much discussion. Of course, people are threatening to sue, and uh, one or two of them probably will sue. I think um, it be, it's mistaken. I think people are thinking of suing ICANN because, to be frank, it's worked in the past. Um, ICANN has been quite quite a weak and worried organization for quite a few years. And if you look at the history of it, 
suing ICANN has actually paid off quite handsomely a few times. And for example, .xxx is, I think, is the first example uh, where something's happened where they haven't been sued. You know, I, I'm surprised that ICM didn't sue. Uh, but it's, I think it's the first time something went through that was controversial where, where um, ICM did not sue them. But I don't think... I don't think that this will have any weight for two reasons. One, because ICANN is now much stronger. Uh, and two, because ICANN will have a lot more money with this process. So before, I think a lot of the problem with the suing was that ICANN simply did not have enough money, worried that it would be capsized in a big battle. But when you look at the amount of money it expects to have in a legal fund in order to deal with possible legal threats, it's now a big boy. Uh, and it can go and hire excellent lawyers and it can go and run a lawsuit for years and continue on with its life. So I really don't think that this time um, it will have any impact. I think the board is determined to get it done. I think the community in general uh, is decided that it's going to have it, going to get it done. And I think it'll go ahead. Mind you, I actually, I just a thought just occurred to me. I was at the Golden Gate Bridge the other day, and there was a, a big plaque there, and I and I was expecting to read something about how wonderful and how everyone thought the bridge was wonderful and how much they loved it. But actually, we spent about 10, 15 years in legal battles. Everyone was suing it because they thought it would bring their house prices down. Uh, and now it's one of the sort of San Francisco's and one of the world's biggest landmarks. So I think uh, in the culture that we're in, that suing is just part and parcel of progress. Sure. Okay. Um, so, you know, you and I, uh, final question here, you and I sat together at the uh, VeriSign uh 25 years of dot-com event earlier this year in San Francisco. And afterward, you wrote a, an article saying that you feel that uh, dot-com is, has hit its peak. So a lot of people would uh, disagree with that. Uh, but I'm curious why you think, I, I assume it has to do with new top-level domains coming out, but how you think these new top-level domains could challenge um, dot-com? Well, in the broadest sense, I think it's, um, I think if we, if, if you ask our kids, you know, when our kids are sort of our age, if we and we say, "Oh, have you got the dot com?" I think it'd be one of those things where they say, "Oh, shut up! Why? Why would I have a dot com?" You know, they're more expensive, or you know, Verisign doesn't let me do this, or so on and so forth. The fact is that there there is nothing inherent in com at all. I mean, nothing. So uh, it's the internet. You know, we just have to we just have to wait and see what happens. I just don't. There is no reason in the world why having a COM address is any better than having any other address, apart from the fact it's perception and it's the status quo. So as soon as that perception and as soon as the status quo shifts, then then the, the value of .com will shift. I think it's just inevitable. Uh, and, of course, a lot of companies are looking at this. So let's say, for example, uh, Nike goes for .Nike, and it would probably uh, be quite useful for them. They have big marketing campaigns. Once everyone's got their, their head around the idea that it's just a series of, of word, you know, letters at the other end and there is no special cachet about .com, that will open up everyone's minds. And then you could have people advertising all sorts of other things. If you're a uh, football fan, um, maybe those sort of um, uh, the NFL will have .NFL and you think, well, I'll, if I could have a .NFL, that would be fantastic. Uh, a .NFL email address or a .NFL website, oh, that's much better than my .com. Or you could have, uh, you'll find with a lot more extensions, you start getting some economies of scale. So at the moment, domain names on one level uh, are still quite expensive. 
Uh, but they're also quite the pricing isn't very variant either. But you could see people offering um, potentially offering free domains, you know. Um, and then people say, well, why would I pay for a .dot com? Why would I pay for anything if I can get a free one? There'll be disadvantages. There'll be advantages. But I just don't see how, uh, when this process happens, when people apply, when there's a, there's hundreds more, I just don't see how, how for a single reason why .com would remain the king. It would gradually disintegrate. Well, not disintegrate. I imagine so we'll still see. You think over the long run, right? So you're thinking that over time, these chip away at it, um, at kind of the cachet of, of .com. Um, so, so that's when, when you say peak, it's a peak, but it's not a cliff. Uh, yeah, it's a peak. I don't think it will go up much more. I don't think it, we will see it plummet. Um, well, I think it, what, what will happen at some point is some bright spark will come up with a great idea for domains and it'll probably be you know the equivalent the next google or something and it'll be dot ook i don't know what it'll be and someone will come up with a wonderful idea and they'll give away domains and they give away software and they let people just one click and you get your domain and all of this and everyone will go and do it and then when it comes to uh, say what well, do you want to renew your dot com you say well i've put everything on my dot ook so uh i don't think i'll bother you know something will happen who knows when it will happen will it happen in two years or five years or 10 years, I, I, I don't know. But until you open up the market, um, you don't know what people's minds will come up with. Yeah, I guess if we knew what it was, we uh, we probably wouldn't be here chatting right now. We'd be working on that. Uh. <laughs> if we knew what it was, I'd be on a on a beach in the Caribbean, I think. <laughs> Excellent. Well, let's shift gears. Uh, well, j- just to recap real quick, it's the .next conference taking place in February in San Francisco. You can find out more information online at dot dash nxt.com or net or whatever have you keeping on the theme of dot com won't be the only thing around so um good conference uh highly recommend checking out the website to see if it's right for you let's uh switch gears here though and talk about uh let's talk about sex let's talk about sex.com and you know this is in the news again sex.com just sold for 13 million dollars to a company that no one really doesn't know anything about but and it went through a bankruptcy proceeding this i mean this has to be the most storied domain name in, in history wouldn't you agree yeah it's the, it's the it's the big one isn't it really uh it comes with with its whole history and it comes with the fact that i think i don't know whether youngsters these days their first entry was was sort of looking for sex but i think for most of the people of uh, our generation that's what you did it was like when you got your first dictionary as a teenager you looked up the rude words I think pretty much everyone, uh, when they first got online, looked for pictures of crazy people and uh, sex. So sex.com was always that big, big domain. And it's and it's still you know the top-selling domain for very good reason. I mean, even with Google and even with all these changes, it's still worth millions just for existing, uh, which is extraordinary. And, and the whole story behind the, uh, behind the theft and the fight for it and then the, the legal changes that were caused through that legal fight is it you know on top of that just makes it i think the most interesting domain that exists the most interesting story well uh obviously you you spent a lot of time on it uh writing your own book called sex.com one domain two men 12 years and the brutal battle for the jewel and the internet's crown um i know shortly after it came out it came out in 2007 right yeah 
So I, I picked up a copy, and obviously anything about domain names interests me. But really, I mean, this is so much more than a book about a, a stolen domain name. You've got, you've got sex, of course. You've got drugs. You've got crime. You've got a fugitive, uh, you know, hiding out in Mexico. What, what sort of originally grabbed your attention to this entire battle? Actually, I know, I know exactly what it was. So I was occasionally writing little stories about it. Um, and I remember seeing in a court filing or seeing some AP story where there had been a gunfight in Tijuana over it. With the, uh, <coughs> so there was a reward put out. So the, the, this guy, Stephen Cohen, stole it off Gary Kramer. And then it was won back through the courts. Um, and then, uh, you know, Gary Kramer was awarded some huge sum of money. Uh, I forget exactly what it was. It was something like $60 million. Uh, and Stephen Cohen fled across the border. So this is all very interesting. And I was writing little stories. And then Gary Kremen rather mischievously put a, a wanted poster on sex.com for Stephen Cohen listing his address in Tijuana. Uh, and then the next thing I heard, there had been, according to Stephen Cohen, this big gunfight between bounty hunters and Mexican police. So that's when I suddenly thought, oh, my God, this is this is much more than two men squabbling over a domain name. This has turned into something quite extraordinary. Anyway, as it turns out, uh, I found out we're doing a lot of research and digging through Stephen Cohen's uh, years and years of lies that uh, the gunfight never happened. It was just an extremely clever lie by Stephen Cohen in order to get Gary Kremen off his back. <laughs> so he, he wanted Kremen to think that he was taken in or he was killed or... No, he wanted he wanted the judge to go ballistic, which the judge subsequently did go ballistic. Uh, you know, you can't have people going around shooting at people and putting up bounty, you know, wanted posters and so on and so forth. So Stephen Cohen uh, made up this elaborate lie through his lawyer about having been fired on, and the judge in the in the San Jose went absolutely crazy. So uh, Stephen Cohen was just trying to undermine Gary Kremen and undermine the case, which he continues to do to this day. Uh, it's still rolling on. Um, albeit much slower. And now, um, you know, th this involves, I mean, speaking of lies, it all started with a lie to Network Solutions, right, where they he basically conned them into transferring the domain name to him. Yeah, so this was, this took years and years and years to, for people to figure out exactly how it happened. And Network Solutions wasn't exactly uh, over the moon or that willing to provide information about it for obvious reasons. So what happened was it was the early days, and Network Solutions had its registration software. So this was, you know, in the very early days, you sent in a fax and a letter. Uh, but it was in, I think it was like 1.2 of its registration software. <coughs> and um, Stephen Cohen made a whole bunch of efforts to try and hack this system by sending in different requests and multitudes of requests. And, and uh, he was also constantly calling up Network Solutions. He was a classic social hacker. Uh, so we learned all their systems. And uh, he eventually, more by luck than judgment, um, figured out a way to get the, uh, his, his um, email <coughs> to replace Gary Kremen's email. And Gary Kremen never picked up the email that was sent to Gary Kremen, uh, his email saying, uh, is this change allowed? He never got that for various other reasons. Uh, and so Stephen Cohen then changed the email, and then using the email changed the the uh, the who is details. So he gradually took it from behind the scenes. So um, Network Solutions, when this happened, and Gary Cohen realized and uh, started making noise, Network Solutions was in a whole bunch of other big fights, 
and um, just decided to to brush it under the carpet, I think. Um, <coughs> excuse me. But eventually came back to bite them, uh, and they settled out of court for something like $15 million. No one's quite sure. Okay, great. Well, we're going to take a, a quick break and then come back with Kieran McCarthy to discuss more about the, the Sex.com saga and his book, as well as some of his time at uh, ICANN. Again, my name is Andrew Alleman, and you're listening to Domain Masters on webmasterradio.fm. We'll be right back. You're just minutes away from more Domain Masters. The question is, are you still master of your domain? Stay tuned. Celebrating the best in online advertising, the Web Marketing Association presents the 2011 Internet Advertising Competition Awards. Submit your banner ads, email ads, rich media, online newsletters, websites, and social media campaigns now by going to www.iacaward.org. Deadline for entries is January 28, 2011. All winners will have their entry highlighted on the Internet Advertising Competition website as well as receive a handsome trophy to display or a personalized certificate of achievement. Be honored among your online advertising peers by submitting your entry today into the Web Marketing Association's 2011 IAC Awards. Go to www.iacaward.org now. From domains to digital marketing, social media to blogging, you can reach this broad audience by using what you're listening to right now. Reach the thousands of internet marketers that download and listen live to the premier on-air and on-demand podcast network, webmasterradio.fm, with the internet marketing channel featuring shows like the Joel Com Show, the WordPress Community Podcast, and more. Our ad campaigns are fully integrated with multiple avenues of exposure, from slick, effective 30-second commercials to detailed, informative 30-minute town hall meetings. Expose your products and services to listeners and podcasters of not just shows like Market Edge and Domain Masters, but anyone looking for ways to market their business with your product. Contact sales at webmasterradio.fm to find out more. How do you choose the right affiliate network to partner with? The answer is simple. MarketHealth.com, where health and wealth connect. Established in 1998, the MarketHealth.com affiliate network allows you to market and promote the world's leading health and beauty offers on the net. Start making recurring income and the highest payouts in our industry. Choose from over 50 of the hottest selling offers, ranging from herbal supplements, skincare, vitamins, beauty products, weight loss, and much more. Sign up for free at MarketHealth.com and start making money today. Please hold while we connect you to one of the most sought-after experts in SEO, analytics, and web development. Office Hours with Vanessa Fox, Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Search Engine Optimization Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Now, back to Domain Masters. You're still master of your domain. Yes. (laughs) Master of my domain. Here's your host. Okay, we're back. We are listening to Domain Masters on webmasterradio.fm, where you can learn to be the master of your domain. Uh, This is Andrew Alleman, your host today, filling in for Chef Patrick and Morgan Linton. Uh, We are here with Kieran McCarthy. And we've discussed a couple things that Kieran's up to. One is his .next conference covering new top-level domain names. 
And now we're talking about Sex.com, a, a book that uh, Kieran wrote and released in 2007. Um, before I forget, if you're interested in the book, you can buy it on Amazon.com. There's also a Kindle version, uh, which you can download as well if you want to get it faster. Uh, it is, as I've told Kieran before, and as I think my review on Amazon says, I mean, it really does read like a thriller. Um, it's got every everything you find. And I, I remember before I read this, I just read a book about uh, Pablo Escobar, um, you know, the uh, Colombian drug lord. And, um, you know, Mark Bowden had written a great book on this. And honestly, I mean, this this book has something, A, I'm interested in, uh, you know, domain names, but it also has all that uh, excitement with the, um, you know, the, the drugs and the crime in there as well. So it's really a fascinating read, and I recommend taking a look at it. So, um, Kieran, how, how long did it take you from start to finish, you know, when you decided to start writing the book and then you went out and did even more research than you had done writing small articles for it. What was that process like? Uh, it was hell. Uh, <laughs> you know, I have, a, I have a lot of respect for anyone that's written a book, even bad books, because it is, it is a really difficult process. It's exhausting. Uh, and it's a hell of a lot of words to write. So one of the, one of the criticisms I have of my own book is that, that uh, I wrote it like a series of, of feature articles because obviously uh, I'm a journalist uh, and I was writing lots of news articles and, and short features. Uh, so I ended up, that's how I ended up doing a big chunk of it was I just would, I split it up in my head and then I just wrote pieces of the story. But the research was, was, was unbelievable because it was such a long court fight. And I was based in the UK at the time. So having to get hold of the court documents, which is absolutely key, were, was extremely difficult, you know. So I, I had to pay a small fortune in order to get them uh, copied in San Jose and sent emailed over to me. Then I had to print them out and read them all. I don't know how many months that took. They're still actually, they're in my, uh, my parents' basement. I literally do not have room in my house to store them. <laughs> wow. uh, actually, my parents are telling me to, to, uh, to get rid of them soon, but I have, so I have to stash them. I have to find room. Um, and then I came over to uh, California. I now live in California, but I came over here two or three times and interviewed uh, obviously, Gary Kraman and uh, Stephen Cohen and their lawyers and various people around the the uh, domain industry, various people around the porn industry, and it came into fits and starts. You know, I eventually got a um, a uh, advance, which I then blew entirely on getting to California and driving around and talking to everyone, and then getting back uh, and not working for I think it was two and a half months. I just sat and wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote. Uh, which is in itself a slightly insane world that you enter, just sitting, waking up every day and writing stuff incessantly um, without any feedback. So uh, it was an extremely torturous process. I'm pretty happy with the end result. Although I have to tell you, I'm thinking of doing a revised version, um, pulling in sort of more of the history of the Internet and sort of more of the history of the adult industry because I don't, I don't think I covered that. Uh, and I think there's room for a sort of revised version of it, which really gives a bit more about the domain industry. There's 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 only been I think two useful books on the domain industry, but none of them have particularly given a history. So I'm th- actually thinking of doing a revised version uh, and updating it with what's happened in the past three years. Well, in in your book, your book on sex.com wasn't the only one. You you mentioned Charles uh, Caron, who was uh, a lawyer for uh, he was Gary's lawyer. Is that right? Yeah, it was Gary's lawyer. He, he wrote um, he wrote a book. I forget what it was called. It's called um, oh, it's the uh, the Sex dot com chronicles. That was it. Sex dot com chronicles. 
Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I like Charles. I think he's a very nice guy. He's, he's, you know, he's, he's out there. Yeah, he fought really, really hard. Uh, and I read the book, and it was very interesting from from my perspective. In that there was a whole bunch of stuff in there that, yeah, probably if I'd have had more interviews with him, I'd have got out of it. But obviously, when you sit down and you start writing stuff, you suddenly remember things. So uh, it's if you're really interested in the story, I'd uh, I'd recommend reading his book. Um, I don't think it's it's you know no I don't want to be a, a, a an egotist. I think mine is a, is a better read because mm-hmm. he's he's a lawyer and not a writer. But there's a lot of interesting stuff in there, and he, and I think he covers his fight really well. And I think he covers the legal aspects slightly better than me, obviously because he knew them inside out, upside down. Right. So yeah, it's right. a good book. Well, great. So the, the book, again, is Sex.com, One Domain, Two Men, Twelve Years, and a Brutal Battle for the Jewel and the Internet's Crown. You can pick up a copy on Amazon.com, and if you can't wait to read it, um, you can download it on Kindle. Um, if you have a, a domainer in your life, maybe it make a good stocking stuffer as well this year. So um, let's shift gears here uh, and talk about ICANN in, in the remaining few minutes. Um, you, you mentioned earlier you were quite critical of ICANN as a journalist, and then you ended up working there. How did that come about? Uh, actually, it was very simple. Um, they got a new um, vice president of corporate affairs, a guy called Paul Evans, and uh, I met up with him at one of the ICANN meetings. He was the new guy. And um, he'd actually been told by ICANN staff not to talk to me, uh, which made him want to talk to me all the more. Because <laughs> ICANN was very paranoid. <laughs> well, it still is slightly paranoid, but it was very paranoid in those days, which is part of the thing I was being critical about. So we sat down and had a long conversation, and I told him about uh, what really went on and not what he'd heard. Uh, and presumably he went away and checked it out, and uh, what I told him was true. And then he effectively said to me... Um, uh, at some Christmas, came into London for Christmas and we had a beer. And he effectively said, uh, why don't you put your money where your mouth is? You know, you've been critical for years. Uh, rather than sit there sniping, why don't you come and try and fix it? So that's what I did, you know, and I was there for nearly three years. And uh, I fixed some things, nowhere near as much as I wish I had. And I'm slightly irritated that some of it, is, uh, to my mind, is going backwards a little bit. And so I've gone. I've accidentally slipped back into being critical of ICANN again, although with much greater understanding of the pressures uh, and the impossibility. Uh, well, it didn't it didn't take too long for you to become critical again, did it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was critical. I mean, I've, I I am a I'm a critical thinker. I just you know it has its ups and its downs. I was very critical within ICANN. Uh, I just wasn't critical outside. You know, to people outside when I was working for ICANN, but I was very critical when inside. So I've sort of continued on. It's just that people wouldn't have wouldn't have heard my criticisms uh, for while I was working with ICANN. You know, that's just that's just par for the course when you take a job with a company. I think. Right. Right. Well, uh, listen, Kieran, it's been great having you on the show. I, I would love to talk more about ICANN, but we're out of time. Maybe we can uh, you know do another show or something along those lines and have you back back on. But it's it's been great having you on the show. Thank you very much. Um, so this has uh, been Domain Masters. I've been your host today, Andrew Alleman, filling in for Chef Patrick and Morgan Linton, who couldn't be here today. And you're listening to Domain Masters on webmasterradio.fm, where you can learn to be the master of your domain.
Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.